It's episode 507 of the Locked on Texas Rangers podcast. On today's podcast, I'm going to be ranking the top 10 remaining free agent outfielders that the Rangers should prioritize, how much they should sign them for, who should be at the top of their list, all that and more coming up on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked Up the Texas Rangers. I'm your host, Bryce Patrick, here today to talk to you about outfielders, what the Rangers should do. The Rangers have made some great moves. They've had the best season, offseason, that Maybe they've ever had outside of signing Adrian Beltre. This has been the most fun and exciting offseason. Uh, but I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Rangers your first listen of the day. Be sure to go follow me if you haven't already on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. Follow the show at Locked On Rangers and go subscribe on YouTube or in addition to wherever the heck you get your podcasts. Today's episode, I'm going to be ranking the top 10 remaining free agents that the Rangers should be signing. Yes, I am including Seiya Suzuki. Um, yes, you don't even have to ask. He's already at the top of my list. But uh, I, I think the Rangers have. One more outfield bat to get. I think that's the remaining position player that they're going to be going for as they've got the infield pretty much locked down with Nathaniel Lowe, with the two middle infielders, obviously with um, Cole Calhoun in probably one of the corners. If he's not going to be platooning, then uh, he's going to be a full-time player, which I think at this point it's safe to assume that he will be. Right now I think Adoles will be in center field, um, but if they sign a center fielder, I think that's entirely possible, not necessarily likely, then he will split to one of the corners and... Uh, Leody Tavares will probably start this season in AAA until he proves that he's ready. Um, but yeah, I feel pretty good about what, what this team has got going in to the offseason already. There's quite a few options on the market. Not a whole lot of them make sense for the Rangers, um, but you know, there's a lot of, of good outfielders remaining. Obviously not as good as the two top free agents, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, who are Texas Rangers. i just like to remind you of that because it's a nice little fact to um, remember that the Rangers have some, some really stinking good players going into next year. That's going to be really, really exciting. So without further ado, let's just go ahead and get into this list. Obviously, like I said before, Seiya Suzuki is at the top of this list. In case you don't know who Seiya Suzuki is, that's okay. A lot of people don't. He is a Japanese outfielder um, who has played also third base and shortstop, but mostly right field and I think that's about where he's going to be, if not in right field, then in left field. He's also played a little bit of center field. He's coming over from Japan after several seasons he has been posted. The posting is, uh, by the way, on you know the 30-day the deadline that teams have to sign. It was initially going to be December 22nd, I believe, but now they'll have uh, 21 days exactly, so three weeks once the lockout is done to negotiate with this guy. Otherwise, he goes back to Japan um, and will play there and probably be posted again next season after being a season older. But he's coming off his age 26 season uh, with Hiroshima. He's been with Hiroshima for basically his entire career. He is a guy who walks a crap ton, strikes out not very much, and hits the absolute tarnation out of a baseball. He's going to be 27 years old. Again, plays some gold glove caliber defense, has won some gold gloves, has uh, just absolutely crushed it, absolutely crushed it for the last few years since he's been basically a grown-up. He's played overseas since uh, professionally since he turned 18, um, but this year was was a fantastic year for him. With Hiroshima, he played 132 games this year. This was his slash line. Uh, batting average of 317. On base, 433, slugging 639. That's an OPS over 1,000 at uh, 1072. It is just 
fantastic had 38 home runs this year last year in 118 games he had 25 home runs and in 2019 at age 24 he had 28 home runs this guy has been crushing it for several years an ops over 950 in all of the last three seasons all with hiroshima um and in two of the past three seasons he's had more walks than strikeouts and in the one year that he didn't that was in 2021 he had 88 walks and 89 strikeouts so literally one off um so this guy has been just outstanding at the uh, second best level in baseball. So I would love for the Rangers to sign him, sign him to, I think it'd take about 10 to $14 million a year. Um, so let's say 12 and they sign him to a five year, $60 million deal. I think it'll take a little bit for him to, you know, get his feet wet in the league. He might end up coming out and doing better than some of the other rookies because he is an older rookie. He'll be 27. Um, and sometimes they come in a little bit younger than him. But I like his bat. I like that he's right-handed. The Rangers have um, one big righty, one big lefty. Um, if you count Cole Calhoun and Nathaniel Lowe as their other big bats, those are both lefties, so getting another righty in there would be beneficial to the Rangers. Um, and he fits the timeline very well. You'd have one year for him to get his feet wet and you know get set in the big leagues, figure out what it's all about, and figure out how to navigate life in the big leagues Um and then by 2023, when the Rangers say they want to compete, he will be ready to be a productive above-average bat in right field while playing above-average defense and providing a whole lot of value for the Texas Rangers when they start to open up their competitive window yet again. And I think that timeline is perfect. I think paying him, taking it's obviously a risk. You don't know how he's going to do. For every Shohei Otani, there is um, a couple guys that, that don't work out, not to say that I'll, I'll – players coming over from asia don't work out it, it's about 50 50 it did you just gotta kind of you know weigh your metrics uh, but a lot of people have who have seen him much more than i have and know much more about scouting and things like that feel very confident that this this guy is going to be a reasonably good player in the big leagues for quite some time so i think the rangers are smart to take a risk they've been involved with uh, signing players over from asia um, and you know paying asian players as well so I, I think that this guy is definitely worth the risk it worked out very well with you darvish who i believe was the last uh, asian posting posted player that the rangers got obviously they signed chinsu chu to a big deal who he lived up to i will not have chinsu chu slander on this podcast um and obviously i will not have you darvish slander so i think this guy is worth the risk i think he's considering the texas rangers i think they're serious and uh if they can recruit Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, why can't they recruit Seiya Suzuki? I think he should be at the top of their list. And I would be really, really excited if the Rangers signed him. I would be just honestly over the freaking moon. So Rangers, go sign him. He should be at the top of your list. He's at the top of my list. He is everything the Rangers should want in an outfielder. And the timeline working out just like they, they planned or like, like I would want and like I think they would want is just uh, the total cherry on top of the Sunday. The next guy. Is another guy who is uh, a little bit older than him. Actually, pretty much all these guys are older than him. There's not a whole lot of young free agents out there. Um, all of them are, are going to be around 30 to 32 or so that's left. But the guy who had has uh, won two World Series, won a World Series MVP, and absolutely hits the tar nation out of the baseball, that is Jorge Soler. He is number two on my list. He is going to be... 30 years old next year in 2021 during the regular season it did not go well for him but in the postseason he just turned it on and crushed it won the world series mvp um well deserved had a uh, i believe a negative war throughout the season yeah with uh, kansas city he had a uh negative uh where we go negative 1.4 war in 94 games did much better in atlanta 55 games he had a 1.1 war um but still 
not a super great season for him. Um, but in the postseason, he crushed it. And in the World Series, he absolutely crushed it. Six games where he hit three home runs, hit 300 on base of 391, slugged 800. 800 for a six-game postseason series was truly critical in them winning the World Series for the first time since the year turned 2000. So Big Bat um, has had some really great seasons, had a couple really great seasons with um, not not just with Chicago, but with Kansas City. His first year, um, actually, not scratch that, his, in 2019, he had a 48 home run season. Um, in 2021, he finished with 27 home runs. 2020 wasn't great for him, had an OPS under 800. But his career OPS is 796, a big, right, big right-handed bat. Can play some defense, um, might be more of a DH kind of guy, but provides some thump in your lineup as a right-handed hitter. A guy who I just like, an OP, OPS plus for his career of uh, 111. So a guy who's a big right-handed bat, like I said, that I really like. I think Rangers could do pretty well for him. Three, four, five-year deal. I think he's worth it. He's a big guy. And, you know, power doesn't usually slough off that much for guys. He's going to be 35, I think, at the end of that contract if they offered him a five-year deal. So you'd be getting him right in his prime. I think he'd be worth maybe a little bit. He might be paid a little bit more than say Suzuki. I'm not exactly sure, um, but we'll see. All these contracts are getting nuts, and I'm sure it's going to be even more nuts once the lockout is done and the Rangers and everybody else are allowed to sign free agents again. So I think he would be right now number two on my list. Now, some of these guys that are below him, I don't think that they're worse. I just think that they fit with the Rangers a little bit less. So I'm going to tell you more about those guys. But first, I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or maybe even better than a candy bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, with rich, decadent flavor covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Bill Ball gives you that extra fuel to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers, or if you're standing in endless lines, you know, Bill Bar can give you that extra something to keep going. Your friends with Santa? Well, tell them to throw a few Built Bars in the stockings with so many flavors that they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up to something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip, dip your Built Bars in piping hot, hot cup of hot cocoa. You know, let it melt a little bit. Give your beverage an extra Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it, but be sure to have some napkins on hand because it can get a little bit messy. But it's worth the mess. The taste is so good. Like some of these marshmallow treats around the holidays, you know, you can get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy through and through different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good. You won't believe that they're filled with protein, except they are. So, so you got to believe it. If you don't believe it, you can go check it out. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And we're back, ranked in the top 10 outfielders. Free agent outdoors of the Rangers Chip 2. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen of the day. Um, but this next guy is another guy who has won a World Series, who is critical to Atlanta getting to the World Series. That's right. Another right-handed bat, excuse me, left-handed bat, Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario had a has been a above average outfielder for several, several years. He's been in Minnesota from 2015 to 2020. Started 2021 with Cleveland, end of the year with the Braves. The Braves, he was one of three outfielders that the Braves chose to um, replace their hurt or guys that were not with the team. He spent 33 games in the regular season with Atlanta, ended the season um, with a 9.03 OPS in those games. Also won an NLCS MVP for absolutely crushing it. Also won the World Series. Was a big part of that. Not quite as big as the last guy on this list. But still, he has a 
it been worth 2.6 war for his um, 162 game average, so about a two and a half win player. Um, that's right around what Cole Calhoun is averaging. I believe Cole Calhoun is at like 2.4 wins per 162 games for his career. Um, let me double check that real quick. Da, 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 da. Yeah, exactly 2.4, um, right on the money. But um, yeah, I, a guy who is a solid bat, fine defensively, not great, but just fine. Um, but again, can come up in some big moments, and like we saw in the NLCS against the Dodgers, this guy just destroyed the Dodgers pitching. He had three home runs in six games, an OPS of 1647. He slugged 1,040, a 1040 slugging percentage, not OPS, slugging percentage, with an on-base of 607 in that series, and a batting average of 560. This guy was an absolute hitting machine against the Dodgers. He was so much fun to watch. Not quite as big in the World Series, but still provided enough value. Didn't hit a home run in the World Series, but provided enough value to help the Dodgers, not the Dodgers, <laughs> the Braves um, beat the Astros, for, for which he has my eternal gratitude um, for just helping beat the Astros. But again, uh, a career average of like around two and a half win player, um, a career OPS plus of uh, 108. It's been fairly solid. We've got some MVP votes back in 2019, 2020. Um, those years he had uh, an OPS plus of uh, 107 in 2019 and um, 116 in 2020. Should be fairly cheap, not too expensive. He's going to be 30 next year. Um, he's projected by baseball reference to have um, an OPS of 756, which, again, is just, like, fine, solid, fine, 20 home runs. How many Rangers hit home, 20 home runs this year? Not very many. Basically just Joey Gallo and uh, Adoles Garcia. That's literally it. So another guy who hits 20 home runs, another like fine bat towards the, you know, 6-7 hole. Um, could make this team around 500. They need one more. Um, again, I don't think he is who you necessarily want, like in the middle of your order for when you're competing. But again, a solid you know, fill out your lineup, not too bad at any one thing, above average player, two and a half fun player. Those guys are valuable, and I think the Rangers could use them. Pretty much any team could use them. So get them on a pretty cheap deal, and I think that might be worth it. Now, uh, we are at, I believe, number four? Yes, number four, Nick Castellanos. Now, I, I know some of you are screaming at me, why the heck do you have this guy all the way at four? He's clearly the best guy on the market. I think he's going to still get a big deal. He was asking for a whole lot, I believe, um, eight years, maybe maybe nine or ten. He was asking for a lot of years, a whole lot of years after one great year, a, a above average career. He's exactly what Grant was talking about on yesterday's episode. If you haven't checked it out, go check out yesterday's episode where we talked about what it will take, uh, what kinds of benchmarks this team needs to hit to be competitive um, with some of the big boys, big boys and actually go for a playoff spot. But he talked about having four or five bats with an OPS that are about 15% above league, above league average. So that's an OPS plus of 115. That's exactly where his career OPS plus is. Last year, he had a fantastic year. His first all-star season, 138 games. He hit 34 home runs, an on-base of 362, slugging percentage of 576, a 939 OPS for the year. Uh, won a silver slugger, got top 12 in MVP voting. Exactly 12. That's why I say top 12. But has been fairly solid above average hitter. For his career, is probably going to be a DH in like two years, if not now. If you have three 
above average guys. I think if Willie Calhoun was still in the lineup and they signed this guy, I think Willie Calhoun would be more likely to play left field than this guy would be to play the field because he's he's not been a good defensive player for basically his entire career. They started him as a third baseman. That didn't really work out. Moved in the outfield. He's been just a below average there. But the bat has been what has been carrying him. I do have some concerns about his on base. His on base for his career is 329. Last year, that 362 might have been a bit of an aberration. I'm hoping not. Um, 40, 41 walks in 138 games is is more than he normally averages. Um, in 162 game season, he averages 44. So that is well above what his career average is. I would like him to walk more if he continues that 360 on base and slugs over 550. That is huge. That is great. He is worth that six to eight year deal. I, I think that's a six. Is it might be around what he ends up getting. I don't think someone's going to give him eight unless it's some team that really needs a bat and is desperate to overpay. I don't see a whole lot of teams like that out there because everyone has been cards so close to the chest and not spending a whole bunch of money. Team's kind of cheaping out. Maybe the Mets go big and, and sign him to this big deal because they've been the only other ones spending like the Rangers have. So maybe that gets it done. But I do have concerns about how he'll hold up and him not walking quite as much as you want for a guy who is just completely offense first. Good player. Would be a lot of fun to make the joke. There's a drive to deep right field by Nick Castellanos every time he hit a home run. But again, I don't know if that's worth spending a huge, huge contract on him. Now I'm going to finish out the rest of this list. But first, I got to tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online is this sponsors this podcast, and Bet Online has you covered for all this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, it's where the game starts. And we are back ranking the top 10 remaining free agent outfielders the Rangers should pursue. We are on number five. We have Michael Conforto, who is a restricted free agent, but the Rangers were to give it up. They're second and third round picks, so I think it'd just be a fourth round pick. Again, don't love giving that up, but this guy might be worth it. He is a former first round pick who spent his entire career with Mets. Why they didn't bring him back, I don't really know. Didn't have a great season last year, but it's been fairly solid for his career. OPS plus fourth career of 124 and 2020. He had a great season, a 927 OPS in 54 games. He had nine home runs in that span and on base of 412 and slugged 515. You love to see that his on base for his career is 356. Love to see that as well. Pretty solid defensively. Not great. Nothing flashy, but uh, pretty solid as well. Averages. Uh, where'd we go? 77 walks in a 162 game season. We'd love to see that um, career OPS of 824 and just hits dingers plays decent defense is an above average bat very valuable i think the rangers should get on that a 3.4 war per 162 games for his career that is a guy who can be in the middle of your lineup another one of those big bats that the rangers need to build off of to flesh this lineup out fully um I really think that this guy could provide some value. He'll be 29 next season, so sign him to a three- to five-year deal. I think somewhere in the 12-ish million dollar range might get him. Something around similar to what I projected for Seiya Suzuki. He might get a little bit less than that. I'm not exactly sure, but um, a guy who has been really good and I think would really 
fit well on this team and provide a whole lot of value. Now we are at number six. We have Kyle Schwarber, who is is not really an outfielder. He's a DH at this point. He's just almost entirely DH, but he has been very valuable in his career. Once he has stopped playing catcher and stopped playing outfield, he's a guy who can hit very, very well and has just crushed it this season. Had uh, played 72 games with uh, Washington this year, had a 1.8 war there, 41 games to finish out the season with Boston and 1.3 war there. Um, nine career war in seven seasons, 162 game average is 2.2 war. The guy has been an offensive force, 119 OPS plus. Last year finished the season between the, those two spots with a 928 OPS, 32 home runs, and again, in only 113 games because he missed some time, uh, and on base of, uh, where we go, 374. He had a 435 on base in the final 41 games of his season, all those coming with Boston, a guy who can get on base, who can smack the crap out of the baseball, but again, is probably going to get a fairly decent contract. I'm not sure how much he's going to consider the Rangers, but they should throw their hat in the ring because this guy can hit very, very well. And I, I don't, he's, his defensive value is not going to go down because he's, he's probably not going to play defense. This guy is going to be your DH, and he's going to crush bombs and hopefully stay healthy and get on base at a very healthy clip. You love to see that, and um, I think this guy would be a great addition to the team. But again, I'm putting him down here because he's going to get a lot of money. Rangers have already spent a lot of money. i do not saying that they can't get him, but I just don't know how much he'd consider them, and I think other teams might be a little more desperate to acquire the services of Kyle Schwarber than the Texas Rangers. Now, we're getting lower on the list. These guys are not guys that I'm super high on, but I, I think if you miss out on some of these top guys and you really need somebody there, I think these guys could be valuable for you in a pinch. Tommy Pham is a guy who I talked about before. This guy is number seven on this list, so we are definitely getting down there. On the list, 1.4 war last year, 15 home runs, a 229 batting average, um, 340 on base, slugging 383 in OPS of uh, 724. Not super great. OPS plus was 103, so he was still above average. But for his career, he has a 120 OPS plus, so he's been above average for his career, 810 actual OPS. So a guy who's a right-handed, uh, let me double-check, yes, right-handed bat, has been fairly solid in his career. Not great last year. Was really not great in 2020, but with Tampa Bay... He had a couple of solid years, uh, 1,071 OPS in just 39 games in 2018. Um, a really solid at 2019 at age 31, 145 games in 818 OPS. He's been good in spurts. It's just kind of been about getting that consistency. That's why I'm not super duper high on him. Um, he had a 930, 931 OPS in uh, 2017 as a 29-year-old with the St. Louis Cardinals, a 411 on base. He's a guy who walks quite a bit, 364 career on base, slugs um, 447. So fine bat, above average, kind of like right-handed Cole Calhoun. Except, yeah, no, no, both of them, it, it feels pretty similar. Honestly, it feels pretty similar. He has 162 game average war of 3.5, but I think he's below that. You can't really expect that at this point. I think he'd be, he could be like about a two and a half win player. Like I think Cole Calhoun might be, um, but yeah, not the top of my list, but I think could be fairly solid for this Texas Rangers team if they miss out on some of these other guys. Um, maybe a two-year deal at most because, again, he's a little bit on the older side. He's going to be 34 this year, so maybe a deal similar to Cole Calhoun, a two-year deal with a team option for the second year, five years, or five, $5 million, not five years, $5 million average on that contract over those two years. I think that could get him. I think that might be worth it. 
if you want to go spend big. If you end up getting Clayton Kershaw and maybe even signing one other pitcher, then I think this guy could be got and could be valuable for this team. Is a fairly solid right-handed veteran presence. This next guy, I, I you know I kind of want to move him lower on this list, so I'm going to go ahead and do that, and we'll we'll leave him for um, we'll leave him for last. But Alex Dickerson is 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 not that guy. Alex Dickerson is a guy who I think could provide some value. Had a really great 2020 with the Giants, a 9.47 OPS in 52 games the year before, in just 56 games with the Giants, he had an 8.80 OPS this past year, just about fine-ish, um, a little below league average, a 95 OPS plus this year in 111 games with San Francisco and on base of 304, slugged 420. But the season before 2020, the season that was his real big year, he had a, a 371 on base, a 576 slugging percentage. That's an OPS of 947 for those of you doing the math at home. He did 10 home runs in those 52 games. And he hit uh, 13 home runs this year in 111 games. I think there's something there. I think that he could be solid again. Definitely not the top of my list. Definitely a guy we were like, all right, we missed out on some guys. We just need somebody who's fine. And Alex Dickerson, I think, could be just fine for the Rangers. He would be 31 or 32 next season. So, again, not more than a one, two-year deal. Maybe just a one-year deal on this guy. Definitely not something somebody that you want to be on top of your free agent priority list but if guys are gone and the market's scarce i think he could be fairly valuable he's a left-handed hitter throws left-handed listed at 6'2 to 26 pounds um so just be fine could be a fine option and once you get to these final you know 10 guys i gave, I gave you five six guys that are really solid options um maybe seven through through ten aren't all winners but you know there are some solid options those top five hopefully you don't miss out on those top five but another guy the next to last guy, who is the last happy guy that I would like to see back, not necessarily because he'd be super great, but because I just like the guy. He's a good dude. He has a history around the Texas Rangers. That's right. The Lionel DeShields, bring him home. There's a reason he's number nine on this list. Didn't didn't have the, the best 2021. Only played in 25 games with Cincinnati, but would, did do well once he got back up to the big leagues. Started the year with the Rangers on a minor league deal, but provided some value with Cincinnati. Um... In 25 games, he had a 375 on base percentage, a 426 slugging percentage. That's an 801 OPS. That is by far the best in his career. And uh, again, he's very great defensively. Could would definitely play center field if he came here. Push Adolis to one of the corners and Cole Calhoun to the other corner. I like him. I like him a lot. The Rangers like him. So why not bring him home if he can get that on base in like the 350s? That is super valuable for a guy who is still stupid fast, still plays some really great defense in center field, could definitely provide a lot of value. And I, I would just like to see it. I would like to see him be happy. And again, we're at the ninth one, so maybe he could be signed anyway. Maybe they could sign him anyway as, as, as like the second outfielder that they sign. I guess the third, because Cole Calhoun's already there. But the second of these 10 guys that I'm saying that are mating, the last one on my list is just, just a due diligence kind of thing. Of the guys who are left, Jock Peterson, he's he's fine. He has not been anywhere near his his early self. Last year, he he did show some big moments in the postseason. Has a career OPS of uh, 794, so just a little bit below 800, but hasn't had a an OPS of over 800 since 2019. He had an 876 OPS in 149 games with the Dodgers that year, but then kind of fell off the table and hasn't quite quite been the same thing since in 2020 had a 681 OPS 
And last year had a 732 OPS. Just have a little bit of concerns that he's not quite anywhere near what he was before when he was being an above average kind of platoony kind of guy, but would still get quite a few at bats. Career on base of 332 and a career slugging percentage of 462. So be fine if you miss out on some of these other guys. He's going to be 30 next year. I think it'd be a, a one to three year deal. I, I actually don't think I'd say one to two year deal because he still outside of a few postseason moments hasn't really shown that he is quite where he was in 2019 when he was crushing it with the Dodgers and shown he's been more like 2020, 2021 versions of himself where he is just not quite all there, not quite, you know, to the same level. And uh, the projections by baseball reference, they have him being about that. They have him projected for 22 home runs next year and 478 plate appearances, a 753 OPS, and on base of 313, slugging 440. That's not great. That's a pretty cheap contract, honestly, a one or two year deal at most. And it, I don't even know that he'd get five mil a year for what he's projected. So again, if he's there and you've run out of all these other nine guys, then I guess that's who you go for. I'm sure there even are a few other ones that I that I left off here that might be a little bit better than him. Like uh, I don't know, I think I think I left off Corey Dickerson and Andrew McCutcheon. I might even go get those guys because you're just going to get him on one year deal um, if it is this outside of that. But again, there's a reason he's number ten. I still think. I feel good about having him at number 10 versus some of those other guys in terms of likelihood, in terms of what he would bring, and all that good stuff. But those are your 10 free agents. There you are. I did it. Um, hopefully, I, I think tomorrow I will be doing a crossover um, with Locked on Rockies talking about what to expect from John Gray with Paul. It's going to be great. Looking forward to that. Should be a lot of fun. Trying to book a special guest for Friday or maybe even another crossover episode. Um, we'll see what we can do with that. That might have to end up being pushed to Monday. We'll see. Who knows? But until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.